right, everyone. How are you doing? I'm Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast. And here with me, I have another guest from Phoenix, Arizona. How are you doing, man? I am doing well. Ready for this? Got my bourbon. <laughs> I'm good. Let's do it. Oh, he got his bourbon. That's bad news. I should get the sensor button really quick. Um, <laughs> so let the people know who you are, man. Yeah, my name is Israel Bentley. Uh, I've been playing dodgeball in the, the Phoenix area since 2009. Uh, so I guess I'm considered one of the, the OG players here. But uh, yeah, since 2009, joined Elite in about 2012. So I had a good, good run there. Met a lot of good people. I love dodgeball. <laughs> we all felt that last sentence right there. We love yeah. dodgeball. I love it. I mean, you, yeah, you would be an OG. Anything before 2010 would be considered an OG, um, in my books at least. Um, so let's get some preliminaries out the way. Uh, what's your jersey number and why? Uh, 25. Uh, I've ran with 25 since I was a little kid. This dates back to uh, the McGuire – Mark McGuire, baseball player, pre-juicing uh, days, or maybe he was juicing. We <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But he was, he was my favorite player growing up. And, you know, when you're a 12-year-old little kid playing Little League and you're convinced you're going to be a baseball player, I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be 25 like McGuire. And, you know, it's kind of stuck with me. Just even numbers. I mean, quarters are 25 cents. It's a quarter of a mil, you know, 100. You know, it's numbers. It's all a numbers game. <laughs> so because of mark mcguire that's that's your that's your go-to number yeah not bad um yeah that yeah looking back at nope you know at this point we don't know when he started juicing but <laughs> i'd like to say after you know you know you know towards the end of his career you know just to make me feel good i don't know i mean you shouldn't feel bad for someone else's transgressions <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so i want to kind of give these people a little tidbit I know about you. So I know Israel, I mean, I've only played against him for a handful of times, but he's a wicked player, pretty lean, but throws like a giant. And I can safely say, or I can safely assume if you were to step on the court now, you wouldn't have lost a step or two. I would like to thank that. Uh, two years, <laughs> this COVID has, uh, you know, they, they call it the COVID-19. I call it the COVID-25, uh, Let's just say these jerseys are a little tighter than, than I like to think. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've got some some tournaments coming up. I'm looking forward to, to getting on the court and either doing really well or uh, making an making a an ASS of myself. I <laughs> my um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I feel I've got a smart game. I may not be the the top tier in anything, but kind of overall. I think I've probably still got it. I'm also biased, so I don't know. Well, I would also be biased and agree <laughs> with you, but that's side the point. Uh, I also appreciate you censoring yourself. That makes my editing a lot easier. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to lose a rating and getting fired. Uh, <laughs> so let, let's start with your uh, let's start with your dodgeball origin. Um, so when did you start playing dodgeball, and how how was that like your first time? Yeah. So I. For those out there that know Charles Schwery, he's kind of like my uh, my godfather of dodgeball. So he's he's my boy from way back. And we were both working at University of Phoenix at the time. And uh, he just came to me one day and he's like, dude, UOP sponsors us to play dodgeball. And of course, anyone that has doesn't know about dodgeball and they hear it, they're just like, 
what? Like, really? For free? Excellent. So, oh, yeah, of course, I jumped in all of that. You know, if my, my work's going to pay me to do it. Uh, so that was like 2009. We jumped on. And that was right around the time that I think Renegade came into, into play, like when the, the whole like uh, NDL, like traveling stuff came into play. So I wasn't part of that, but that's just kind of when it got started. Mm. Uh, so we're playing in the, when it was back in Arizona dodgeball uh, before Phoenix dodgeball. Uh, and then before now it's cactus. So this is uh, Arizona dodgeball days where, you know, the commissioner was spray painting the trophies the day of the tournament in the parking lot. <laughs> missing <laughs> repping, so yeah, <laughs> Arizona dodgeball was uh, was my my origins, and that's back when you know you had teams like two in the pink. You know the the true adult names out there. <laughs> I'm fully aware of those uh, adult yeah. names. Um, safe to assume, so you started with eight point five. Oh yeah, eight point five. Uh, that was that was my love. I, I love eight point five. Uh, <laughs> I've come to like. The, the the no stings i can't i can't wrap my mind around foam yet i'm i'm that old guy that's yelling at those youngsters to get off my court with them foam balls <laughs> um so you kind of reminded me of steve uh damon with that comment because you guys almost have the identical way of thinking as far as loving 8.5 to your core being okay with no sting and then just you know, telling kids to get off your lawn, almost to a T, like you followed that script as if Steve is in your ear right now saying that. And it's very haunting for me to realize that, <laughs> knowing that he's going to listen to this and think that he was being recorded. <laughs> well, Steve is my brother from another mother and father and different locations. So we are like two people from the same zygote that never met. I don't even know if that makes sense. It doesn't. Actually, no. You know what? I'm, I'm going to say this. I pride myself on being a nerd, and I'm probably going to be one of two people that got that reference. So <laughs> <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I would. So far, I would say you sound like Steve, which is haunting. Um, and let's see where we go from there. So safe to assume your first impression was uh, pretty solid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, being an adult, again, I got I got into dodgeball 2008, so I was 28 when I started dodgeball. So I was older than most of these veterans wow. are today when I started. Um, so getting, you know, being 28 and like, wow, I'm going to play some competitive sports and get out there and just like lighting people up. That sounded amazing. I took to it because, you know, I came from a, a soccer background. I played soccer my whole life, so I'm, you know, relatively at that point, you know, was in fit uh, and being able to move, you know, the, the feet movement was there. Mm -hmm. uh, so being able to light up other adults that maybe weren't so lucky in their feet movement, you know, kind of felt good to my pride, of course. <laughs> um, so, of course, I took to it because I'm not the kind of guy that if I'm awful at something, I'm going to come back to it. So I felt like I wasn't <laughs> too bad. So I, I kind of set that invite for the, you know, the next week and whatnot moving forward. Did I hear you correctly? You said you started at 28? Yeah. So when you say OG, like, I'm old. <laughs> I was always, I mean, maybe it's just me, but every time I saw you, you always looked like you were my age. Uh, thank you. 
<laughs> I'm just, so this, this is kind of like blowing my mind right now because I'm not going to lie. You look like you were around my age or even younger, but you said you started at 28. I started in 28. Yeah. I, I turned 41 this year. So I'm, wow. I'm an old um, man. Uh, congrats on your genetics. And um, you're probably looking 30 right now by the math of it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, I, so you said you worked at uh, University of Arizona? Uh, University of Phoenix. Oh, University, University of Phoenix. And yeah, what was I'm your... A Sun Devil. Don't say U of A. That, those are fighting words, Sergio. I'm trying to avoid the fighting words, man. I really <laughs> am. I'm trying my best. Just give me some credit. I've never lived in Arizona. I only visit a handful of times. Kind of steer me in the right direction if you see, you see me going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but... um. Do you remember your first competitive tournament? Would that have been an NDL or an elite and how that was like for you? I, I don't remember if the first one was the Grand, Standing, Grand Canyon State Games or if that was my first elite. Um, mm. I do remember, I think it was my first elite because I was on Alliance, uh, which is one of my, my favorite teams to play on just in sheer fun. Because they're, you know, everyone was out there just to have fun, go to the parking lot, and have some adult beverages. <laughs> uh, you know, and our, our, I mean, our our chant was "Keep it juicy," uh, which, I mean, I sweat like no other. So, I mean, that was not hard for me to keep it juicy. But that just kind of gets the the set of the kind of the team the team feel there. It's like we just went out there to have fun. If we lost, you know, whatever, we're going to the bar afterwards and we're going to make sure we have fun. You know, it was no like super pressure. So, but I know I played uh, Grand, Canyon State Game, Grand Canyon State Games with Alliance, uh, but I don't re recall if that was which one was first because they're right around the same time that I, I jumped on there. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. Um, but how is that like stepping up to the more competitive scene? Of if, if you can't recall your first tournament in that sense, like recall like your first impression, like how it felt to jump oh, from yeah. point A to point B. It was, it, I mean, it's night and day. I mean, but in a good way. I mean, right. I, I love the social scene. I love just getting on the court, you know, in the social setting where, you know, you're a bunch, bunch of friends and you can just goof around and, you know, dance in the middle of the court. But then <laughs> that like slight competitive, you know, when I say slight competitive, I'm very competitive you get on the court and then it's like, all right, it's game time. This is, you know, the, the thrill of like, I can't let my team down. You know, this is round Robin. This is important that I love that. I love each one for its separate reasons. And it, cause it's my, my two different personalities. Like I've got my super competitive, serious face, uh, which most people think on the court, that's always full discredit. I have horrible eyesight. So if you see me scowling at you, it's because I can't see you really. So <laughs> people are always like, why are you, why are you looking so angry? It's like, well, I'm trying to read your, your, your number on your shirt and I can't. So it's not that I'm, I don't like you. I just can't see you so much. I can see your, your shape. Um, but yeah, that's this kind of the, the dichotomy there. Like the, I love the social aspect, but like elite and grand Canyon state games kind of stepped it up to that next, next, next notch. And, you know, just all right, a whole new world, another, you know, more love for the game in that regard. So you brought up an interesting point 
that I wanted to like tackle. So like I said, we've only played against each other a handful of times, but every one of those times I saw you scowling at me and I'm thinking like, okay, me and Izzy are cool. And yeah, nickname, everyone knows him as Izzy. Me and Izzy are cool. He knows better than to try to intimidate me. Like that's going to work because I'm crazy enough to be here. and I'm not crazy enough to run. (laughs) You were not trying to intimidate me at all. You were just, trying to read the design on my jersey or read my number or something. You were trying to pick up on a certain detail. And this entire time I thought, okay, he's really trying to psych me out and he knows it's not going to work. Oh, he's going to keep on all. trying. No, I don't know. <laughs> so many times people come after and like, why are you mad at me, bro? I'm like, dude, no, I'm, I'm happy. I don't know. Talking about? Like, you were just like staring me down. You had this look on your face. I'm like, I just, I can't see you. That's all. Like, I, there was a point where I was like, maybe I should go get some some glasses, like you know the the Hakeem Olajuwon or who's the the basketball player that had the, the glasses. Like maybe I should get those, but then I'm like, oh, those are dorky. I'm too cool for glasses. Come on, man. Oh my god! All right, you know what, you dork. Uh, <laughs> I say that as I'm wearing glasses while recording. Um, dork. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, well played, well played. Now, um, I've looked into this and I thought about maybe uh, letting you know. Have you looked into uh, PRK? Okay. What, PRK. Yeah, I don't. Do you know what that is? I have no idea. Okay, so it's it's like an alternative to LASIK, but more so for athletes. Because oh. like with LASIK, uh, with LASIK surgery, you have like a little bit of a scar over your eye that can reopen. Let's say if you get hit with the ball, mm-hmm. or with um, PRK the scarring isn't there. Interesting. Yeah. I know nothing um, of this. Well, I'll send you the detail of it. Um, <laughs> send me the deets. I'll send you the deets. I'm not a medical professional or anything, but this was recommended to me by a dodgeball player who I know and who I'm close friends with. Uh, shout out Cody, uh, Cody Foley for that. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> he's in Toronto, I think. So you already got your first taste competitive. Uh, how long did you stay in the competitive scene? Wow, from day one. As soon as I got my first taste of, of Elite, I, I wanted more. Uh, so, yeah, it's I, I, I played every Elite that I could after that. There was a few years in the beginning that I could only, you know, due to family obligations, only, you know, go to like one or two of the, the, the rounds uh, and tried making every uh, finals. Uh, the nationals, but there was one or two that I couldn't make at the very beginning, but pretty much right after that, every single time. Uh, and then also in around the same time, uh, Arizona dodgeball kind of, kind of folded upon itself and it was absorbed by Phoenix dodgeball and Phoenix dodgeball was more of the competitive side. So they're the ones that was more elite aligned where they've got, had the, the neutral zone, the smaller courts, uh, you know, versus like AZ dodgeball was more of the, you know, anyone come out, have fun, there's the bigger courts, more people on the courts, you know, you can hit the jail breaks from midcourt to bring your whole team in, you know, more of a social atmosphere. Mm. So when so when Phoenix dodgeball took over, I mean, that's like, all right, that fed into my competitive spirit. It's like, all right, well, I can get closer to you now. There's a neutral <laughs> zone where we can have those, you know, the, uh, from, what was that movie where it's like they're the standoff and it's like ding, 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 ding. cable guy? That's how I see the, the neutral zone in a lot of the Phoenix dodgeball. Like, <laughs> you know, you get in the middle with like Chad Landrum, it's like, 
oh, you both like you both realize, oh crap, we're both in a neutral zone. We're looking at each other, and it's like, all right, who's going to make the first move? Who's, you know, the, it's like that excitement that, you know, you're you're that close, you can like see each other's pimples on your your face, like that's how close <laughs> you are, and which is good for me because again, I got bad eyes. So, <laughs> I, that's what I loved about Phoenix dodgeball is like just the 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 intensity of it versus the the AZ dodgeball, where it's a little bit more laissez-faire, more more social. Um, so, you know, of course I was playing then at that point, I was playing any dodgeball I could play. So there was a moment where there was two, there was a Thursday session, a Sunday session, and then also elite dodgeball, which for me is a lot. I know a lot of you LA players play like eight days a week, um, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, but for me, I thought that was a lot and I, I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd argue even eight days isn't enough in a seven day week span. Um, cause you know, Israel can do math like that. Um, <laughs> but it's funny. So I wanted to ask you something cause you mentioned, uh, Chad, who I interviewed a couple of weeks ago. Um, me and Chad, always, I always had this thing with Chad where I always made fun of him for missing me. And I always said that, you know, if you were younger, you would have hit me, you know, the younger Chad would have hit me. Did you have any like funny moments like that with Chad where like, if he messed up, you, you know, roast him about it on the court or, was that just me? Uh, what I like about Chad, I can't think of anything about roasting on the court. What I cracked me up about Chad is that in those moments where it's like those one-on-ones, if he made the first move and let's just say like he threw it and missed or I, I ball blocked it, he made this like shrieking noise of like, ah! as he's like falling back and he's like trying to scramble like in a, you know, kind of a, a comical like almost anime type like <laughs> face like big eyes and like hair sticking in like ah! like and you know so then i don't know if that was on purpose because then i you know catches me off guard and i start laughing or you know just messes with my maybe it's intentional come to think of it but uh, <laughs> his little his little shrieks he would make you, you, did you think he was shrieking in fear because he knew he messed up or did you think he like was trying to play mind games with you to make you laugh at the time i think is he messed up but now that i think about it i think he he's playing the mind games yeah that's what i'm thinking <laughs> yeah i know right it makes you ponder right hindsight 2020 <laughs> i mean he calls himself the fat jedi so maybe he was playing mind tricks with his little shriek that's what ah, i'm saying this is not the target you're looking for <laughs> yeah oh man no, nah, he, he's the the fat Mark, uh, fat Mark Hamill, <laughs> the fat Skywalker. I mean, he's got the left. He's got the lefty going. So I see it. I see it. Yeah, you see it. I see it. <laughs> yeah, shout out, Chad. I had a fun interview with him. If you guys want to listen to that, so um, you said you started on Arizona Alliance. I know they were previously called Monsoon at the time. Um, what other teams did you move on to after Alliance? Yeah, so Alliance, uh, I was with for, for many years, both uh, co-ed and open during the elite years. Uh, and then Eric Jones graciously uh, took me on for an open, just to kind of step up my, my game there. Uh, so I played with uh, Arsenal for, for a season or two of elite uh, before, at, right after that, then uh, Titan was formed uh, and they asked me to, to join. I think maybe just to be the 
the comic relief. I don't know. I, I appreciate uh, being part of that high caliber of, of players that was on that team. I, I enjoyed every moment of it and learned from every one of them. Uh, and then, uh, so I still played co-ed with the Alliance and then open with, with Titan. And then uh, the last couple of seasons, uh, I, was, I jumped on to co-ed with Force uh, to learn from some of the, the other legends uh, on that that squad, learn, learning more from them and uh, just a bunch of people that I always wanted to play with, but never could because they were more of the, the LA scene. Mm. Of course, kind of a long drive for to me to, to make every, every weekend. So uh, <laughs> I enjoyed, you know, being able to play with, with Glenn and Brittany, Azalea and, and all of them. So that was, that was a uh, good to play with them on co-ed and then ended up uh, with uh, the headhunters. We kind of made a, although I wasn't on them initially, uh, but uh, it was good to be on the, the reunion tour. I don't know if you call it that. Uh, uh, with the Dead Hunters the, and the, that, that last elite season that we played, that was super fun. So I dubbed that season. I called, and I think I spoke with uh, Brian Armand when I said this. I called that uh, that um, Headhunter season the, the last dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I called it uh, kind of like the playoff of the Michael Jordan documentary. Um, were you a part of the Titan team that made it to the finals in New Orleans? Uh, did we make it to the – yes. When we, yeah, you did. Beat, uh, we beat right, – well, I don't think it was New Orleans, though. I think that was – It was the Nationals in New Orleans, yeah. You guys beat Rise in the semis and yeah. played Doom in the finals. Doom, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I was on that. I was on that squad. How is it like to be on that stage, that final stage? Oh, like there's nothing, nothing like it. I'm sure the, the the rise members, the 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 doom members, the, all the people that have been on that stage, you know, may not think of it, but like for the the people like myself who don't get to that that level very often, it's it's amazing when you're like on the court and you know there are no other games going everyone's overlooking looking at you know you guys play because that's the the last match of of the tournament uh and at the at the point maybe again maybe i'm biased but open always tend to be kind of like the highlight of the tournament so to be in in the the open uh you know final stage against you know these are the the last two teams these are the monster teams this is doom versus titan you know that just took out rise the other monster of of the tournament uh, and now all eyes on you. It's oh, it's it's energizing to to say the least. That's it's crazy. You just feel the excitement. Everyone's cheering, and oh, that's great. Yeah, um, I remember watching that stream, and yeah, at any finals you see in open, um, all eyes are going to be on you. No one's going to be overlooking you at that point. The two teams that made it there deserve to be there. So if anyone overlooked you at some point. Well, there's a reason they're watching, not playing. In the yeah. so, Why they're on the sidelines. Yeah. It's why they're on the sidelines. Yeah. They got a free ticket to the show that you provided. Uh, <laughs> Good point. So, I like well, I'm good with words sometimes. <laughs> Social interactions, not so much, but there's a reason why I have a face for radio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, obviously the pandemic hit us hard and I know you were on headhunters last um, assuming the pandemic never took place. What team would you have been on? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I kind of feel like um, 
that was maybe maybe COVID was for a reason. Uh, just because I think my my traveling dodgeball days, for the most part, have have come to an end. Uh, you know, in part because my body's like, hey, dude, you know, you're you're cramping up in the middle of a tournament. Your your shoulder feels like you're gonna, your arm's gonna fall off at, at halfway through. You know, just so many different things. You know, just kind of signs. Uh, yeah. Plus, you know, when the wife's like. We're spending money traveling for you to play dodgeball instead of us going to Ireland. WTF, mate. Um, <laughs> you know, I took the warning signs. So I, I kind of looked at that as kind of my my swan song to begin with. Um, so that's why like every every tournament that season, I took an extra moment like before the match just to kind of like breathe it in. Like I went to the middle of the court and I was just like look around or like stretching just kind of like just like breathing in the moment uh same kind of thing i did like when i was playing soccer in high school like my last high school game i was like i'm never gonna play soccer like on this level again i have no aspirations playing called you know collegiate i'm not gonna you know so you know just going to the the semifinals in in soccer and and as a high schooler like I, i took that moment that extra moment to kind of breathe it in that's what i did every elite tournament in in 2019 of like just in my my stretching just like as i'm throwing the ball just like taking in all the moment like the ball hitting the wall the sound it made you know catching it and like making sure i just that that camaraderie with every team you know i made sure at the the end of it like i you know went to every one of my teammates and you know i I thanked them you know that's i knew it was my swan song in regards to to that level of competitiveness uh just because i just I don't know. My, my body's given up and uh, I'd rather just go out feeling good and, and, and mentally and physically. And so still want to do tournaments for sure. I mean, it's an addiction. You can't just give up an addiction. Right. Um, so I'll, I'll still do like the, the tournaments uh, when I can, like uh, I think we've got like a Harry Potter tournament coming up or something like that. But yeah. kind of just seeing, you know, I, I like to give way also to like the, the, the younger players that are going to make it more exciting. You know, I see all these these young players going out there and just doing some incredible things that, you know, I, I'd like to see. That's kind of where I see the future of the sport going. So I'd like to kind of be that, you know, take that step back and be that spectator to see where it goes. Where where does this game go? Ideally, you know, in, in years times, maybe it's that big stage of the Olympics. I don't know. But that would be kind of cool just to like, be that old guy with that, you know, his cane. Like, I remember the days when we threw these balls <laughs> out 8.5, you youngsters and your little foamy face. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I want you to kind of describe that moment um, more so for the people who aren't at that stage yet, knowing that it's sort of like your final season. You, you step to the court, you breathe it all in, you hear the familiar sounds one last time. Is there a moment in that meditative state, meditative state, where you're trying not to break down and cry, or is this a moment of like, you know what, I'm gonna leave it all behind and no regrets, or is there a mixture of both? Uh, mixture of both, but I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not too manly to say I cried. There, there are moments I, I got out in the court and I was like, all right, this is like, you know, you, you play it off, obviously, like you're just super sweaty, of course, you know, just wipe your eyes because <laughs> the sweat got in your eyes, of course. Yeah. Uh, no, there, there are moments, like I knew, 
um, you know, one that comes to mind, I know that when uh, there was a moment with, with force, we're against, uh, who was it? Um, the fan. What's, what's the hell? The fan? Like, no, no, the, the team that had the fans. Oh, Shade. Shade, yes. So there's a moment uh, when we were against Shade. I think I was the last person on the court and, the, and the, the, they had to stop the, the match for to make like a call like what was going on. Uh, and so I took the moment to go up to like the other members of the arena. People. I was like, dude, this, if, however this turns out, you know, this is going to be a great match. Let's, let's do this. And like, you know, walking back to my side, I can just like feel the tears well. And I'm like, all right, here we go. This is going to be a, a good match. You know, I got to make it, I got to make it happen. Um, they crushed me. I mean, full disclosure. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't pull it off. Didn't pull out a miracle, but it felt good. You know, like, Hey, this is, you know, my, my last, one of the last times on the court with these, these great, you know, bunch of people, you know, I, I love this moment. This is, this is what you live for. Like when you're all right, you're starting out, you got your balls, they got their balls and you're staring at each other. And it's like, and the refs are, you know, blowing the whistle to go. It's, it's, there, there's no moment like that. Right. I just, I, I hope that people that, maybe on their way out or maybe have some inkling that maybe last, just take that extra moment just to absorb, you know, just the energy around you. Like just, the, the, you know, even if you're not in the finals or, you know, just take that moment of like, Hey, I'm with a bunch of people enjoying what we're doing at a higher level. Just, just take that in, breathe it in and just know that like, you know, you can take that with you later on. And I do like there, there's moments I'll sit there and be like, wow, that was, I remember that match and I'll play it in my head. And like, oh, that was great. You know, <laughs> taking the moment to absorb it is all I can, I can uh, give my little tidbit of my 500 year old wisdom. <laughs> 500 year old. You're not that old, dude. Come on. <laughs> You're not that I was old. Born in the Highlands of Scotland. In the end, there can be only one. Duncan McLeod taught me that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope people don't miss that reference because I got it wholeheartedly. I, I know. I know. I'm saying I, I'm saying I get it. I'm saying I get it. I'm hoping that we're not at that age where people don't get it. Oh, man. I'm, I'm telling you, if nobody listening to this episode gets that reference, I, I am t I'm too old for life at this point. Um, I don't want to see what the future holds. Screw yeah. that noise. <laughs> Screw that noise twice and three times on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you mentioned, so I want to ask you about your sports background. You did mention uh, you played soccer. Um, yep. Any other sport did you play? Growing up, I played anything and everything you can get to me. Uh, whether I was good at it, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, you know, I, you know, don't get me wrong. I loved playing like Pop Warner football and I played football in, in junior high. I was awful at it, but in my <laughs> mind, I was going to be the best one out there. I never was, but in my mind, I was a legend. Um, so, you know, I played, you know, Pop Warner football a little bit. Mainly, I played soccer consistently from a little kid all the way through through high school. Uh, there was a moment in my life when I was like, I want to be a basketball star and try out for the basketball team. Yeah, I'm better with my feet and my hands, apparently, uh, when it comes to that <laughs> kind of stuff. So I never made the cut. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I love soccer. I've, I've yet stopped playing soccer. Uh, my brother-in-law uh, wanted me to join his team 
uh, an adult, you know, that's a six v six small court or small small field mm-hmm. soccer. Oh, it was it was awesome. I am nowhere near I used to be, but it's great just to run around and you know just act the fool. Uh, soccer <laughs> is there's a reason why it's a uh, international sport. It, it's great. I love soccer. People that don't like soccer, then screw you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to just say that right now. If you don't like soccer, you'll be banned from season six. I said it right now. <laughs> I'll say that right now. You're getting blacklisted. This is how it goes. <laughs> don't let me catch you in my DM saying you hate soccer. Dude, I'll say that right now. I'll say that. I say it with my chest. I love the game. I grew up with it. My dad played at the youth, uh, youth academy level for a professional team in Mexico. Nice. It, so I, I love the game. Yeah, it is what it is. And I can say, you know, because I, I spent some some time in Barcelona, uh, you know, quote unquote, studying for a year. No, that was my excuse to get to, to Europe for a year. <laughs> if you want to have a religious experience without any religion, go to a soccer game somewhere in like I, I can only really experience in because like, I was in Barcelona so I you know experienced you know Barca right before the height of, of Barca got popular but like any of those European leagues and, I, and I'm sure the UK UK is just as, as fanatical about it but it's crazy the energy of the fans and just you can just feel it in the air soccer is a uh is a great experience to see. Like I, that's why I want to do when I go to, to the UK is my next traveling experience. I want to definitely see a soccer game in, in the UK. That'd be great. Oh, for sure. Who knows? Maybe uh, if we end up going at the same time, we'll catch the same game. Yes. <laughs> I'm down for that. Um, so who are your role models growing up? And do you have any role models in uh, dodgeball? Role models growing up, like in general? Yeah. It could be your neighbor, your coach, your mom, your dad, cartoon character, anyone who helped shape you. Um, I would say there was a, a man that uh, kind of was like my my second father growing up because I, I was raised by my, my mom. She was a single mom. My, my mom and my dad divorced early on. Uh, and my earlier age, my dad was more focused on going to, to college, so he wasn't really in my life as much. So there was a, a man, Steve, who just kind of became like my second father. Uh, he, he owned a, a sports card shop. So he, he uh, hired me on. I don't know what that was like. Is it hiring a 13 year old in a sports card uh, <laughs> shop? More of like, all right, here's my charity case for this, this guy, sort some cards, whatever it may be. Uh, but then that kind of like led into, you know, as I you know, needed money, uh, you know, he, he helped me with uh, his, his realty, uh, like, you know, cutting weeds and, you know, just became like a second father to me. So he's always in my life, you know, I've, I've kept in close contact with him and, uh, you know, he was at my wedding and stuff like that. So he's oh, always so- been, been close to me, just being like that, that father figure that I didn't necessarily have. So, and it's always important in adolescence life to have someone to, to look up to like that. Regarding dodgeball. Uh, I, I feel anyone that can play the, the game honorably, um, I'm, I'm going to look up to because there's, depending on the, the rule set, there are so many ways that people can get away with it 
if they really wanted to be that that skeevy about it. Um, right. But the the people that I can respect are like the, the Alex Alvarez, who like there's many times he'll call himself out and he like he's like touching his fingers. I'm like, what are you talking about? Come to find out years later on down the line, uh, someone, <clears throat> me, didn't read the rules and apparently your fingers are an out. So there are many couple of years of elite dodgeball, I didn't realize your fingers are an out. So because in, in Phoenix, it's not your your fingers up to your writ, like your where your your palm is, I guess. Those are part of the ball. So if you're ball blocking and it hits your tips of your fingers, you're not out. So when he was calling himself out, I'm like, what the heck is this guy doing? Come to find out that was part of the rule set. And he mm. was being a good ref himself was giving himself to the same, you know, lead, you know, leading by example, in other words. So people like that or people that just play honestly, like there's times where I'll throw up at someone again, maybe it's just my awful eyes and they'll, they'll go out and I'm like, dude, I didn't hit you. They're like, Oh yeah, I did. I go, well, okay. I appreciate the honesty. Like I, I would never have yelled at you to go out. Not that I would yell at anyone, but like I wouldn't have told you to go out, but the fact that you're calling yourself out speaks to your character and there needs to be more people like that in the game. Just, I mean, you're not, you know, we're not here to win millions of dollars. We're here to, to play honestly, have fun, you know, if someone wants to cheat, then you know karma's going to get them down the line. Yeah, um, I'm always confused with people who play under the rules where the fingertip is part of the ball up to your. You said wrist or back of the hand. So, so the the like the back of the hand, so like where your fingers become fingers. I don't know, lack of better words. Like so, your, your so to the point of the knuckles. Yes. Okay, so if it hits the back of my hand. Back of your hand, you're out. Back of the hand, I'm out. But up to my knuckles, I'm safe. Yeah, anywhere on your fingers, you're safe. <clears throat> that's a that's a <laughs> Phoenix thing. I didn't realize that was different. I'm, I mean, it, it, I, it I, makes I, sense. But also, at the same time, I feel like with these no sting and foam, how do you ball block without it hitting your fingers? Like, So to me... Blocking I correctly? Like, I mean, I can do it. <laughs> you okay. just put your... Huh? You got tiny little hands? I got grappler hands. Watch yourself. Um, <laughs> I can flip you through whatever table you're sitting next next to. <laughs> no, no, no. What you can do is, um, like, you can kind of clamp the side of the ball. So, like, all right. So, I'm going to kind of illustrate it. I know we don't have the camera on. So, if you clamp your hands, you put your fingers together and have your uh, thumb extended outward, it looks like you're making an L, like a mirror L. So, left hand, right hand. So put your um, thumbs like together and you kind of, kind of make it like you're making like a bird shadow and that's how you block. And it just takes like cooperative grip strength to hold it together. Now, if you're trying to block it that way, but keep your fingers apart, you're losing pressure at certain points. The idea is to keep the pressure on two central points and uh, reinforcement in the back. And then you could block. I got it. <laughs> Sounds like it just blew your mind. On an 8.5, that makes sense. I'm talking more of like no sting. No, that could work on no sting too. Because a lot of times people are, are, are like, what they do, and then and notice it. Some people will put their throwing hand underneath the ball and their off hand on the top of the ball, almost like they're shooting a free throw, which is weird. And that's how they try to block. And a lot of times that's where the incidental contact comes from. Is that no sting? And, no sting I, and a phone. 
Yeah. I'm trying to picture that. And the only thing I can picture is little baby hands being successful in that. Yeah, well, hashtag baby hands for the win. Um, <laughs> and I got a judo black belt, so don't question my grip strength. Um, <laughs> I can make it happen. Um, so most people don't have a judo belt. I'm just gonna put. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yeah, most people didn't know how to fight growing up either, but that's beside the point, and that's why they're keyboard warriors. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can spit fire too. Um, so. I want to ask you, did you have any uh, pregame rituals leading up to a tournament? Like anything you had to do? Yes. As I, got, as, I, as I got older, and this is a hot tip for you, you aging youngsters out there. <laughs> um, having salt in your body is important. Um, that's when I, I realized maybe three or four years ago, I started getting cramps. Uh, and it was like, all right, maybe I just need to eat bananas. And that would like short-term take care of like the, the cramping because of the potassium. Mm -hmm. When I started, uh, and I don't know where I learned this from, maybe it was uh, Steve Damon, I don't know. But I started before every tournament, the week before I would start eating pickles. Uh, and then I would just take the pickle juice with me to the tournaments. Uh, it was beautiful. Like the, the cramping <laughs> was down like drastically. Um, so it, it became like a ritual in the last couple of elite seasons of like, all right, the week before I'm just you know, filling up on water and then just eating, uh, <laughs> uh I call them schnackum pickles. They're those little tiny little <laughs> pickles. Like they look like little yeah. fingers. Um, so <laughs> was, every time I go to the store, I had to get a bottle of schnackum and then, uh, you know, make sure I eat a, a, a jar of schnackum before every tournament. <laughs> so this is going to sound pretty lame for someone who doesn't eat pickles so salt yeah salt just, um i i am not a doctor um i don't even play one on tv but um salt helps retain water okay so i think no that's true helps you just kind of and, and again, when I, when I say I sweat a lot, that's an understatement. Like I can wring out my Jersey and fill glasses of salty brain sweat. If I, if I chose to <laughs> yeah, picture that you're uh, welcome. Uh, I, I can picture that only because I'm pretty much the same way. Uh, <laughs> I'll literally have like, I ha let's say I have, I play for the same team. So let's say if I play three divisions, I'll bring three different jerseys because I have to. Yep. Um, for you know, I have a jersey for each division I plan on playing for, uh, and if it's a two-day tournament, then I'm gonna have to spend more money on jerseys because I'm not gonna wash and dry the same night. It's just not gonna happen. Um, so in that sense, I feel your pain. Now, do I think I sweat more than you, or do you think you sweat more than me? Uh, that's relative to people who know us. <laughs> but I, I know your pain. You know, and then loser has to drink the other one's sweat. I don't know. I'm no, no, that. sir, no. I will cut this episode right now. I'm not doing that. I will tell Steve everything you said. No, we're not doing this. Steve said he's okay at it, so I'm just, just throwing that out there. Are you telepathically talking to him right now? Uh, I'm just taking his silence as a no or as a yes. <laughs> no, you said no. I'm not cutting that in post. Um, okay. Uh, did you have any, like, uh, pregame playlists you listen to? Any music? Any 
tracks that gets you amped up? No, I, I used to in my earlier days, like soccer, like before I would just, uh, you know, rock rage against the machine. Um, hmm. But uh, I, I feel like when I'm on a dodgeball court, I got to be a little bit more aware of the, the stray random balls coming my way. And I, I <laughs> slight phobia of getting a, an earbud shoved into my ear socket. So mm. I, I stayed away from uh, playing the music during warm up. I just kind of got in my own head and it's more of a, a Zen moment, I guess. I didn't necessarily need any, any pump up jams. That's fair. What did you listen to when you played soccer? Uh, Rage Against the Machine. Uh, there was uh, to the point where uh, some of the the, the moms of the, my other teammates got me a Rage Against the Machine shirt because they would just see me in the middle of the field just like rocking out to my own jams. <laughs> As I'm What's, your, middle world. What's your favorite Rage song? Uh, probably Rally Around the... I don't know the name of it. It's, uh, Rally Around the Family. Uh, <laughs> the one that uh, has the the very bad words, you know, F you, I won't do what you tell me. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, uh, I would just. Yeah, be, you know, I, I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Um, <laughs> I could just imagine you doing that. Uh, now, my favorite, other than that song, was uh, Calm Like a Bomb from the Matrix soundtrack. Oh, that's a good one, too. Right. I know we're on the same wavelength. Um, <laughs> so let's get into these uh, crowdsource questions. And for the first time in podcast history, someone breaks the fourth wall and asks themselves a question. So Israel Bentley, to yourself, <laughs> how much sweat is too much sweat? That's a good question, Israel. Um, <laughs> let me let me answer that. Um, there is no amount of too much sweat and i've seen people that will slide on the court you know catching a ball that takes the cleanup crew to mop it up that's awesome for those that think otherwise you don't know awesome <laughs> yeah you're the first guest that asked himself a question um and we're going to go into the comment threads on that one I go in and it's like, did you just refer to yourself in the third person? Or no. No, let me rephrase that. You must often refer to yourself in the third person, huh? Israel cannot claim or deny this fact. Yeah, Israel cannot claim or deny. <laughs> A lot of third person jokes. So it's safe to assume one of your favorite comic books is uh, Deadpool. Oh my God, yes. There, that's uh, it. That's it. I figured you yeah. out. I figured you out. You're Wade Wilson. Mm -hmm. There you go. You're the Ryan Reynolds of dodgeball. That's what it is. Wade Wilson with less of a uh, scrotum-looking face. <laughs> Yo, I got like some nasal congestion, and that laugh cleared that up. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. All right. We're going to go with that, I guess. <laughs> all right. So we're going to skip my question. I'm going to say my question for last. Ebril Dominguez, hashtag EB. How do you pronounce your name? Israel. Israel. It's real. How real? How do we say your name, man? Let's put it this way. When people ask, I say, no, man, it's not fake. It's real. There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. That right there is its own. That's its own uh, caption right there. <laughs> that's right there. 
right, so I saved my question for last because I wanted you to take some time to think about it. Uh, most epic memory with Stephen Damon. Now, I put in in parentheses, in case I have to remind you, please answer during the recording and not in the comments. So now is your time to answer your most epic memory with Steve Damon. So epic singular memory or epic ongoing memory? Because those are two different things. Okay, let's give two different answer things. Both? Okay. I'm answer glad both. You, I'm glad both. you specified. So <laughs> singular moment. Um, for those that know Steve Damon, you know he's a very stoic, very manly man. Um, glitter doesn't exist to him. So <laughs> one year, um, being you know running the the Phoenix Dodgeball League, uh, by no coincidence at all, did Steve win an award that was actually just a jar of liquid glitter, knowing. <laughs> that at the award ceremony, someone would open said glitter and said glitter would get all over Steve Damon. <laughs> was I playing the lawn game? Yes. Yes, I was. Um, so we gave this award to Steve. And during the night, Steve may have had a couple adult beverages and allowed someone to open said glitter <laughs> uh, which then I think Steve was still washing off a week later, according to his Facebook uh, post. <laughs> uh, and glitter was found in the bottom of shoes and seats of cars. Um, so that was my long game. Yes, I got you, Steve. Uh, oh, you got him. Got him. Got him good. I thought that was Caitlin that got him with that one. Uh, she, oh, she's part of it. Uh, okay. But I, I, I was part of the the uh, getting the gifts and, and creating <laughs> the awards. I knew as soon as that one was, was received, uh, as soon as that one was obtained, we knew exactly that was going to Steve. Even if we had to make up an award for Steve, Steve was getting that award. So before you go on to the next one, um, what was the award you gave Steve? Because if the prize was glitter, what was it? Like MVP, best catcher, what was it? Oh, that, that doesn't matter. It is the, the most sparkly, I think. Uh, most sparkly. <laughs> yes. The most sparkling personality. I don't know. I think it was probably MVP. He, he, Steve's, Steve's a good player. I don't know if you know this about him or not. No, he is. He is. Now, so, the Steve ongoing memory. Uh, this ooh. stems from, uh, so back in the day, so this is like, the, the twilight seasons of Arizona dodgeball, mm. uh, we had formed a, a, a super team uh, just because we knew it was going down. So we formed a super team called Ninja Please. And uh, it was like we had Chet Landrum, we had Steve, we had Chris Bell, we had, I think, Armin maybe had even been on that team. Mm. Uh, it was just, it was an ugly team. I mean, we, if we didn't win, we should have all just have retired in a retirement home. <laughs> so ever since then, you know, Steve wanted to, to create a, another ninja team. And we did. We created another ninja please team. And then it was ninja what? And then it was, you know, all the, all the ninja, you know, question mark words. Um, so in one meeting, when, when my wife, because we were playing the, the co-ed social, because uh, my wife is as outgoing as I am. 
at one point when they're rushing for the balls together, I think I don't I don't recall if it was yeah I think it was my wife because Steve obviously beat her to it so she knew she was beat so what she did instead of reaching for the ball she just like shanked him with her thumb and she goes shank 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 and like it <laughs> took Steve by surprise like she's like yeah, he got shanked and then like went back and like so then it just turned into an ongoing like what? shank battle like how you how you can out ninja the the other person uh, it was is to the point where. Steve would be so focused on not getting shanked that he wouldn't be <laughs> focusing. So we would just F with him. Uh, I, I, I muted myself there. Yeah. Uh, I, we would F with him on the court where I would just like, when he would be like in the corner during a game, I would just kind of get close to him. Like, and then like, like right by his ear and be like, I see you, Steve. <laughs> and he's like, freak out. Like, <laughs> and he, he's, he'd be off his game the whole match. So just, just effing with Steve in general is fun. Um, and so this came into that, like to the point where we went to those like quarter machines and somehow, but maybe it's just like that the world knew we wanted it. They gave us this little retractable plastic knife. So like when you, you know, like quote unquote stab <laughs> someone, the blade would go into the handle, but it was like maybe an, an inch long. So we would bring it to like dodgeball matches. And like, while they're just like stretching it, which like shank, 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 and, like shank each other. Wow. Um, yeah, so, we went dark. We went dark. We would wow. shank each other. We, we don't care. <laughs> um, so Phoenix Dodgeball is just like prison. It's pretty much what you're telling me. It's just, yeah, you, you win or you get shanked. And even you, if you win or you, you get shanked. shanked anyway. yeah. And the fact that you whisper in his ear, Steve Damon, I, I see you. That's got to creep oh. people out. Well, Steve, okay. Another, another fun fact about Steve. He hates hugs. So I make sure every time I see Steve, I give him the, the deepest hug, especially after a match. Remember, I'm the sweatiest mofo you've ever met. So I make sure it's a, a deep, sweaty hug to Steve. And I, I mean, it's, it's endearing. And I'll whisper into his ear. I encourage everyone to do this to Steve Damon. I discourage that wholeheartedly. Please don't do that. If you hey, value Steve your life. Hugs, if you hugs got- for Steve's. Hashtag hugs for Steve's. No, we're not. I'm not spreading that. No, don't get cut in post. That's just not going to happen. Um, I, I, as a, I, as the host, um, can tell you he does not like hugs. Do not do it. If you he value hugs. life, he loves don't. glitters. He loves glitter hugs. No, no, don't. Don't listen to this man. He's crazy. True. Old age is kicking in. He, he's this, crazy. This is true. No, it's not true. Don't listen to him. And Monday, we gave Steve hugs. <laughs> so safe to assume we definitely had some fun on this conversation right oh yeah oh for sure and people can definitely hear that in the sarcasm you spilled so i'm gonna ask you a little gut hitting question and i'm gonna ask you what i ask everyone uh, the legacy question for season five so israel bentley how would you like to re- how would you like to be remembered um after you play your final game I think I would like to be remembered as that teammate that would sacrifice what needs to be done in the moment that's needed. Um, I, I have no problem sitting out if, you know, and this is more in, in the, the competitive aspect, uh, but in the competitive, like, I have no problem sitting out if that's what's needed for the team. So I would like to be remembered as the team player. 
Um, there, there's times where, you know, there's, there's definitely, and I know a lot of people out there can, can refute it or, or agree with me, but there's definitely like an underlying when it comes to co-ed, like a uh, sexism, like, you know, give the balls to the guys. I know if I'm giving the ball to whoever is crushing it, I don't care what gender you are. There's times where, you know, the ladies are giving me the balls. I'm passing that right back to them. Like, nah, you're, you're crushing it. We need you in this game. You, you, you do, you do you. Um, so I like to be just remembered as like that team player that does whatever it needs to make the team successful. Um, like, I, I don't, I don't agree with, you know, who you are determines, you know, preference for any reason, you know, it, it should be who, who's killing it for the team. Who's, who's putting up the numbers needs to have that ball, whether, the, you know, or unless they don't want it, like give that, let that decision be to whoever is, is, um, you know, doing the best for the team. So <clears throat> no, no, it made sense. I was just clearing my throat. So a couple of things I want to tackle. Every time I saw you play, whether it was for Force, Alliance, or even Titan, you pretty much fit that mold to a T. You were a team player who can flip the switch at any given time. I I kind of look at you as like a star player with the with the mind of a sixth man. Um so, like, yeah, you could be the star player, but you're willing to step back if need be. So, I do want to, I do want to back you up on that. You are team oriented. You are very, you're more so for the the jersey on the um, the name on the front, not the name on the back. But I also want to pick at you a little bit because a lot of times you said you're not worthy to be in this competitive scene or you don't think that you're at the caliber to be at where you were, have been. And I refute that wholeheartedly. You deserve to be in every team you were on. You were an impact player for every team that you were on. And I'm sure if I reached out to many of your former teammates, they would all say the same thing. As much as you look down on yourself in that sense, I'd, act to di- I'd have to disagree. You're a star player, is he? I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. You're sarcastic. <laughs> you need AF. better classes. Sarcastic AF <laughs> is what you meant to say. <laughs> you're sarcastic. You need better glasses. And sure. uh but otherwise, no, you're a great dude, man. And it was an honor to encapsulate your story. I was an honor being on the show. Okay. Yeah, I know you said you know, I I may not think highly of myself. I I I've played with legends legends of the game uh so just an, an honor to be to be in that court being being those teams you know sharing that court with them so uh, this well, has been a humbling experience well i will say this being on this podcast i hope people know that at least in my eyes if my if my name means anything people will look at you as a legend as well well, I do own land in Scotland, so I'm a lord. I don't, I don't, you know, not to, not to plug there. I, I am a lord. So if you want to call me Lord Izzy, that's fine. <sighs> a legend, legend. I don't know. It's a stretch. Legendary Lord Bentley. L L I. You know what? I'm done. But no, seriously though, man, I love you, man. I've been a big fan of yours, and. Yeah, you're an OG and you're a legend. You deserve your story to be shared.
I consider it an honor that you even said yes to me. No, no worries, man. I, I hope someone got some kicks out of this. Uh, you know, for those that know me, I am uh, serious about uh, 0.537% of the time, rough or take, you know. The rough that, that's a stretch. Answer. That's a yeah. stretch. You were barely serious for this interview. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> bourbon, bourbon makes me serious. <laughs> okay, final, final, final question. What's your bourbon go-to? Bourbon go-to for the cost the, the cost point. It's going to be Elijah Craig. It's it's a tasty bourbon. It's a thirty dollar bottle. Um, but if you're going for like the higher higher end, uh, you know, Angel's Envy is. Uh, I will never turn that down. I never had that, uh, but I'm a big fan of uh, Doers and McAllen. McAllen okay. I got a bottle of 18 here as well, so. Okay. McKellen, that's more of a scotch, isn't it? Oh, crap. Never mind. Um, but, yeah, I <laughs> know. No. What's a good bourbon? Um, damn, now, now, now I got to think about this. I mean, is, if you're uh, going just a good, like, Trace Buffalo is, is a, a pretty decent. Uh, okay. All right. No, I tried Trace. I tried Trace. Okay. I'll pick that. I don't know why I went scotch for some reason. That was weird. Yeah, um, I mean. Not good. wrong. But good, good taste. Um, they're they're on the other side of the, the the same whiskey tree. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So before we wrap this up, uh, do you have any final shout outs you'd like to give? Final shout outs. I just like to give a shout out to those people out there that uh, gave me uh, that opportunity to get on the court. These are the the, the Sanchez's, the, the Tony and the Katie, for uh, letting me on the, the Alliance team and and uh, taking me under their wing and you know. I appreciate you guys. Uh, Eric Jones, uh, for my time on Arsenal. It was, it was a great experience. Uh, Glenn, Azalea, Brittany on the force, and uh, Kenny. Can't forget, can't forget the Dodge father. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was, you know, my, my last season, you know, playing with Forrest was, uh, was a great team to go out with. Uh, Brett, uh, great, great team member on Titan. Casey Moses, guy that doesn't say much, but he's a silent assassin. Yeah. Thank you guys for putting up with me. <laughs> All right. And we will wrap up in three. Okay. And that was my interview with Israel Bentley. Uh, thanks so much for hopping on. Um, having a lot of fun chatting with some Arizona folks and uh, definitely keep an eye out for more of those in the future. Um, <laughs> it's always fun to hear like fun stories from the past, especially from leagues where you did not participate in and um, kind of immerse yourself in the moments where you wish you were there. And I hope that, you know, a couple of these Arizona um, guests uh, help paint the picture for you of what the culture is like, along with the sarcasm and along with the breaking the fourth wall and referring yourself in the third person, which is a revolutionary thing. Thank you, Izzy. <laughs> and uh, if you listened up until this point, thank you so much and have a wonderful day.